You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey, here with one of my co-hosts tonight, Dalton Miller. Cole Patterson not with us tonight, but he'll be back next week. I swear one 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 week we will all be together. I don't know if we've done it in a couple months, but uh, coming soon, we are going to all be together, all three of us. Maybe that's why the Cowboys aren't doing so hot, but uh, before we get started today, we're going to take a look. Uh, last week, Cole and Dalton really dove into some of the scenarios, draft scenarios, talked a little bit about maybe even some of the prospects that you could be looking at. But we are going to focus on the the team tank, I guess you can say, as, as Jerry went on the radio today and kind of even gave us some, some hints that maybe the team could look to do their own organic tanking uh, coming up. So we're going to talk about all that. Uh, maybe what to expect with a really, really, really good draft pick. So before we do all that, Dalton, you doing all right? Um, yeah, I mean, full transparency that we're in the heart of the election coverage right now, uh, recording at about 7.45 p.m. Central Time. Uh, so I am in this podcast, but there is a lot going on right now in our country. Yeah, I just um, lied about everything that I said. We're actually just going to review the the cnn broadcast tonight just word so so i do have to i do have to say this real quick i chuck todd is on nbc obviously and he's going through and he has the screen just like literally any espn or, or fs1 you know analyst has and this dude is freaking the frack out about this touchscreen. He's like, I love this feature. Let me just tap on this one, man. He's freaking out. And like, dude, like, chill. It's been three hours. You're going to burn yourself out before this is all over. Yeah, it's so, like, I get home today and obviously it's on the television. And it's like, you could honestly not pay attention to anything that you hear or see right now and just wait until like 10 o'clock at night. And then it's like, oh, okay, now this is all starting yeah. to make sense. But the way, to, the way to do it is to just look at Odd Shark and Bovada and yeah. do that. Like, just look at what Vegas is saying. Vegas and knows, it, man. Vegas I, knows. I saw something today that said that this election was more voted on this year than the Super Bowl last year. Something insane like that. Just... just Insane. Yeah, we're gonna have, we're gonna have record turnout this year, which is awesome. I mean, that's all anybody wants is an American, and you know, it's your your right to to go and vote, and it's good that you people this year feel you know the need to go out and cast their vote. It's very yeah. good on everybody, um, no matter which side of the aisle you uh, you fall on. But one side of the aisle 
that we, Connor and I, are not going to allow is the drafting of a quarterback in the top five. <laughs> that is how you transition from topic to topic. I, thought, I was really worried about where you were going to go right there. I was like, oh. No, this, I mean, obviously you and me. You're going to piss off half of our yeah, fan base. Honestly, what you, you know just said just pissed. Twitter? Yeah, what you just said pissed off half of our fan base. Uh-huh. So. Um, no, I mean, and, and listen, I, I've thought about this a lot because me as a draft guy, somebody who would love to build a, a football team from scratch and think that they could get a coaching staff together that could work with one of these rookie quarterbacks coming in, whether it be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, uh, if you fancy Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, possibly them as well. Um, if you're drafting Trey Lance or Zach Wilson to be your quarterback and you have Dak Prescott here already, um, I know that you're trying or you should be at least trying to rebuild and not just retool because those guys are going to take some time, I think. Uh, but the reason why we want to to not take a quarterback is because we want to hold that pick for ransom. We want teams to want to move up to get their guy up there. And you want, more than anything, Jacksonville to win a couple more football games, you to continue losing football games, and then want to take a quarterback. Because in that instance, it looks like you're going to get a bunch of picks from them because they have a ton of ammunition in this year's draft. You can pr- potentially pick four times in the top 50 yeah and that would be huge when it comes to being able to throw just four you know top 50 type talents at the defense instead of taking sitting there taking a quarterback not picking again with your second pick until you know 38 39 40 wherever it may be um and then having to take one defender because no matter how good your quarterback is as a rookie, he is not going to be anywhere close to what Dak Prescott was this season before he got injured. You are not going to win football games with a defense with just one piece uh, from the top 50. Yeah, and I mean, I think you can defend me on this. I feel like if there's anyone who has been banging the drum for Dak Prescott, it's probably uh, probably at the top of the list there. And I'm you well, know, well, well, I, I think. Bobby's at the top of the list for for Dak well, apologists, but other than Bobby, <laughs> I think it's you. Um, I mean, again, like looking at it from a team building perspective, like I'm fifty fifth. Like if Justin Fields is there, you get the say you got the number two overall pick. Because again, if you don't have number two, somebody's either going to trade up to number two to draft him, um, or you know you're going to be looking to do that, whatever. Which I don't think they have the ammunition to do that. Um, especially with all the holes on defense. And I want to get into that a little bit too, but you know, just say you end up with the second overall pick. Like that's a situation where even me, someone who absolutely loves Prescott is like, I'm not going to kill the team if they do want to save the money and go with the guy that has the ceiling of fields and the ability of fields. And that's something where I'm like 50, 50 on it. And, and again, I'm four's biggest fan probably if not. So you're on mute, bro. Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so here is my issue with that, okay? I don't trust this team to actually build a roster around the $40 million that you save. Oh, I don't either. And that's my, and that's my biggest a- thing. Dak Prescott this year with no defense to start the season and terrible turnover luck was keeping this team in games without either of his offensive tackles. Right. And, and again, like – I don't either. I think you know that 
how much I hate the people who run the football team. Um, yeah. My so, issue, but, but what I'm trying to say is, like, a, a rookie quarterback, if your tackles right. get hurt, is not going to perform yeah. this way, and you're not going to have the guys on defense to really step it up and be those difference makers for that quarterback to make up for it. And then what are you doing? You're wasting all that time with those veterans that you have on the offensive well, line. Are you trying to win next year, or are you trying to win in three years? And that's the question that well, they that's, have to answer. I was going to say what you said to start, you know, more of a retool instead of a rebuild. I think if you're drafting... I mean, even with Lawrence, I think you're almost looking at a complete rebuild because I think, it, you know, even with Trevor Lawrence, who people think is a can't miss prospect and he's probably ended up going to be, you know, he's you know probably not going to win nine games for you in year one unless he it, unless he, you know, somehow goes to a team that's even the Cowboys. I don't think they're you know, we can see right now their roster, you know, even though they're down quarterbacks and tackles like they're not ready to compete right now. They're not. I mean, on the defenses, it doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes is probably, you know, a game or two better of a record right now than what the Cowboys are. And it's because that defense and special teams has been so bad. That offensive line has been bad. The running game has been bad. And, and again, they're just not – they don't have enough pieces right now other than the quarterback and the receivers when healthy to be ready to compete. And, and you can't compete with this defense. I mean, again – I think me and you have both been on record to say, like, if if we want one or the other, we want the explosive offense, but they can't be this bad defensively and still be able to go beat really good teams. Yeah, and that's why the, the trade down is obviously the best option. Right. Because you're going to be able to, you know, say if just two of those four players that you pick in the top 50 hit right away, that's a, a fantastic addition to your defense. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Alden Smith either. They're not, they obviously didn't trade him during the trade deadline. Which is today. insane to me. Insane to me as well, because I don't know how you pay this guy next year. Oh, and I know that they I mean, want to, and that's he, what they're banking on. But like, well, why, my, why would he give a hometown discount? Well, like, my it, thing is, it's like, again, like we go back to what numbers are important and what really matters. And I feel like, through two or three weeks, Alden Smith was, you know, one of your best players on defense. But I think these last couple of weeks, he's fallen off a lot. And whether it's, we talked a little, they, a lot of people talked about, you know, he hasn't played in multiple years. So he's kind of hitting that wall of, you know, fatigue and, and maybe dealing with some injuries. And like, I'm not saying he's not playing good, but he's not playing at that level where you're like, we can't trade this guy. And I mean, I think for a team that has so many holes, if you could have gotten a fourth or fifth round pick for Alden Smith and you just didn't even consider it, like, that's terrible. I mean, again, I know a lot of fans like him because he leads the team in sacks. But again, like you said, like, you're either going to pay a 30, he's probably going to be 32 by the start of next year. So you're going to be paying a 32-year-old defensive end who hasn't played in however many years and is coming off his first season, which he, you know, has been pretty good in. But it's just like... The chance that he's going to come back and be able to do this again is, you know, significantly decreasing as he continues to age. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I, I, I don't know what their their plan is to re-sign him. I, I don't know what kind of money he's going to command, but it just it didn't seem real smart to me. I, and yeah. I, I can understand wanting to keep the guy, but where are you going to get the money from at this point? Right, I mean, and, you, and, and it's like Stephen already came on the radio this week and was pretty much like we're going to handle free agency the same exact way that we have been. Like he, he didn't say it that way word for word. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he was like, we're going to do our off season the way we normally have build through the draft, 
you know, try to fill a few of our holes with, with cheaper, you know, he's even like, those are the words he said. So it's like, if you're expecting this team to go into free agency next year, like change everything that they've been about, it's just not going to happen. Even and, if they have the money. Right. Even if they and have and it, that goes back to it. your point of like saving $40 million for what? Mm-hmm. Like they're going to probably give 20 of that to Alden Smith and it'll be done with football in two years. And we're going to be like, well, there goes half of Dak Prescott's money that we're, you know, trying to rebuild with now. But um, the last thing I want to talk about real quick before we do at a break is a lot of people are interested in Oregon tackle uh, Sewell. And I just don't think drafting an offensive lineman in the top five is what this team, because again, like if Tyron and Lyle are healthy and you're banking on them being healthy next year, like you're back, you're, you're drafting a backup in the top five and you, this team cannot afford to do that. And the other thing is, is like, We've seen Brandon Knight have some ups. We've seen, you know, I'm not saying Terrence Steele is any good because he's obviously not, but like there's some hope there that possibly he can develop from year one to year two. So you have options waiting in the wing to possibly be your, you know, I mean, Brandon Knight has shown some hope there. So I just don't think drafting, even though Sewell is, you know, going to be a great player, I think. Drafting a you know what you hope is a backup offensive lineman in the top five would be just detrimental in my opinion. No, I mean I think so too, and the, the biggest reason why I say that because everyone's like, oh well, he's a generational prospect, he's right. fantastic, he's so good, he's so good, and listen, he could play guard right away if we wanted him to. Right, that's the type of player that he is. He could go and he could bang around on the inside, no problem, and he could probably stay at guard for his entire career yeah. if he wanted to. Um, my my biggest issue with is we don't we don't need it. What do we need it for? Dak Prescott was about to throw for like 6,400 <laughs> yards, like just absolutely destroy things. Garbage time. Records. He was going to destroy records without either of his offensive tackles. Empty stats. Sure, sure. <laughs> empty stats. Like if they don't turn the ball over, they're good. And, you know, obviously some of those turnovers are because your offensive tackles got beat. But for the most part, Dak Prescott is going to be able to account for those guys coming around right. the edge. He's good enough at this point to where he can create time in the pocket, around the pocket, and avoid things. And that's what he's gotten so good at. That's why he's been such a good quarterback. And that's why he was able to put up these numbers when Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci can't make five yards of offense throughout the series <laughs> of a game. He's able to put up these ridiculous yards with a terrible, awful, awful offensive line. So if you have both of those offensive tackles healthy, even, even just one of them, 10 games, even just one of them, right. this offense is going to be absolutely fine. All right. So no, yeah, that, no I mean, I, that's why I, I, I'm not I, down with Penny Sewell either, even though I love the player. Right. I can completely agree. I mean, and again, like it just goes back to me, like you can't draft for need, but there is need involved in drafting best player available at position of need. Like that's what we've been saying for the last few years. And, and again, like if it's something just CD lamb, I'm not sure wide receiver was a, a top three need for this team going into the draft last year, but he's so good that you can't pass up that opportunity. But when they have holes at defensive line, linebacker, safety, cornerback, I mean, and depth issues at all of those spots, you just can't, you can't go. I mean, again, you cannot draft an offensive lineman that would be playing guard. And again, like, I put out a tweet the other day. We're going to take a break here in a second and, and get into possibly some other things that this team can do with, with you know, where they should go, some, maybe even some positions they should look at. But um, 
my thing is, is would you, I, I want to ask you this question. Would you rather have four, would you rather have four like solid to, you know, average, you know, average offense alignment and one pro bowl offense alignment, or would you rather have two elite offense alignment and three below average offense alignment? Um, I think it would depend on where those all pros are. Um, but I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know. That's a difficult question to answer. I mean, my thing is, cause I feel like even when this offense, I mean, we've seen it with the, when this offensive line is fully healthy, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Zach Martin, we've seen Joe Looney and Connor Williams, you know, have games where the offense couldn't get anything going. Cause those guys couldn't block. And I think, you know, I think I'd rather them have those, you know, four solid guys, you know, they're not going to kill you. They're not going to, you know, be just absolutely destroying people and making all pros and just having that one really, really good guy instead of having two or three just absolute liabilities like we're seeing right now. Um, you know, even with Martin and Biotish playing well and Williams playing well, the two guys on the edges are so bad that it's just destroying game plans. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, so, Think we should go to break? Yeah, let's go to break and we'll come back uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about how we should use this pick, how we how we think that maybe they can move around a little bit, some of the other options. Um, we're in full tank mode, so we're going to talk some more about this tank season as, as we come back. We'll be right back. We're talking the star. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back on the Talk in the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy. Give me a follow on Twitter at ConnorNFLDraft. Here with Dalton Miller tonight. Give him a follow on Twitter at Dalton B. Miller. Uh, I want to give a big shout-out to Blogging the Boys, SB Nation, and Vox Media. Um, give blogging the boys a follow on Twitter at, as well at blogging the boys. Thanks so much for, uh, giving us the platform to host this podcast, uh, giving a lot of people a platform to host this podcast. So go ahead, whatever you're listening to your podcast on search blogging, the boys, click that subscribe button, give us a good rating, uh, leave us a good review and you'll hear a ton of different voices with a ton of different opinions, uh, on the blogging, the boys podcast feed. So do that and get all your Dallas Cowboys football content, uh, sent directly to your phone. Um, but we're going to talk about a few more things about this possible draft pick, uh, some needs that we're kind of hoping to get to, um, some some possible players even maybe a little bit. I mean, I know it's still really early, but 
we're uh, we're almost in draft season. I mean, I know you've started on a little bit. I've started this week, kind of transitioning my uh, focuses to more of a off season team building strategy and stop looking at reviewing the. I mean, obviously looking at the tape, but I'm not doing all 22 review write ups anymore because it's just it's bad. So, but uh, let's try to fix this bad boy. Obviously, they were they're gonna have a a pretty good draft pick. It looks like whether it's gonna be top five, top eight, top ten, it should be somewhere inside that top ten. Um, and I think the the one thing I want to talk about real quick is the the needs and the positions that they should target with the value that they're gonna have coming up in 2021. Um, you know, we saw last time they had a top five draft pick. They drafted a uh, old number twenty-one, and I think that a lot of people in in year five are kind of seeing how that could be a little bit of a mistake there. Um, so let's talk about some of these positions um, that they they need to really target because of that value of that pick and how important it is for them not to you know do something stupid this 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 with this hopeful top five draft pick. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm hoping that even with this top pick, that they're able to to get out of it. Because where we need, like, I'm looking at what this team needs. And at the very top of the draft this year, it looks like, defensively at least, you're looking at one of the two linebackers as being the, the two top guys. That's Micah Parsons uh, and Dylan Moses. I think... Micah Parsons is probably the top guy at linebacker at this point. He's the best player available on defense, but like, how do we take him as the Dallas Cowboys? Like that doesn't make sense. Uh, And now if you're going to use more odd fronts and you're going to use him on the field, you know, 70 plus percent of the time, you're going to run three down linemen and him and um, Jalen Smith on the edges simultaneously. Like if you want to get creative defensively, maybe you take him, but you, in my opinion, you can't take a linebacker that high because what what do you do with the two linebackers you have on your roster now? Are you getting rid of one of them? Are you cutting Jalen post June one? Like I, I don't see any feasible reason to do that. And then at corner, I don't think that drafting any of these corners in the top five is really great value. I you like them. But, I like him too, but like, right. there's no, in my opinion, like, there's no Denzel Ward in this class. No. There's, there's no Marshawn Lattimore. There's no um, Jeff Akuda. Jeffrey Akuda. Uh, I just, I don't love any of those guys like right. that. So getting or, or taking one that high seems like a little bit of a reach to me. Uh, plus, there, I don't think that there's a huge consensus on who that guy is right now. There's which no is, safeties you're going to take anywhere too close. To I those. mean. Corner, you know, corner is like the perfect trade back scenario. Yes, absolutely. trade back to eight, nine. I mean, even I, I feel a lot. I mean, I know it sounds stupid, but I feel a lot better taking one of those corners at eight or nine than I do, you know, four or five or six. Even I know it's just a few spots, but yeah. you're picking up another hopeful top fifty pick, top you know seventy five pick if it's just a few spots, and then you can draft a, you know, Farley or you know, possible Wade or I know the you, Patrick from. Um, Alabama like there's those are the probably the three top guys and there's a few guys kind of entering and coming into that discussion as well but I think you're probably looking at those three guys as your as your top guys and guys that you would kind of consider around that you know top 10 pick yeah and then you know look at it the 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 Cowboys obviously need defensive tackle help in a big way (laughs) um the issue is they really more than anything they need a one technique defensive tackle 
There is one that is in this class that is, uh, I thought his summer tape was outstanding. He was a top 10 player for me, you know, when I was watching during the summer. I don't think he's playing all that well right now. That's Marvin Wilson Wilson. from Florida State. Um, Kind of like Derek Brown. But I think, you know, from what I saw, more explosive, which is a good thing because Derek Brown obviously didn't test well and explosiveness wasn't really in his game but there's similar players in the point that like they can play a little bit of three tech and one tech he'll be able to one gap the issue with defensive tackle more than anything and that i've noticed recently is defensive tackle is one that is a sneaky difficult transition from college to the nfl because the run attack the rushing attacks in the nfl are so much uh more complex you know, especially when we get into the Kyle Shanahan uh, kind of tree of, of running the football, him, Sean McVay, there's a lot of movement. And this is more for the one techniques than anything because they do have to play multiple guards. They have to be able to cross face on stretch concepts. Um, so it's a difficult transition to really get that uh, quick twitch to get off the, the line of scrimmage like that. That's why we saw guys like Vita Bay and not really click um, until year two into year three. And then he obviously got injured this year. Uh, but that's what... I'm looking at a defensive tackle. We're not even going to think about safety until at least our second pick. It's yeah. just there, there's and no there, guys there's, that you like. I mean, again, I'm early, but there's a lot of guys in that second or third round range of safety that I really like. There's a ton of guys right. in that range, and I think because of that, we're going to see you know not many go in the top 50, top 75, and then there'll be a big cluster once we get to that right. 75 where, to 125 mark. Where do you think Marvin Wilson ends up? Do you think he's a for sure first round guy, or is there a possibility of him slipping I, in the I low thirties? I think he's a for sure first round guy because this isn't a good defensive tackle class. So I think that even if he is to fall a little bit, he'll still be the first. He'll still be the first defensive tackle taken. Um, and so I do think that he goes probably you know somewhere in the late first. Okay. Yeah, and I mean I think the only um, other position that we talk about maybe drafting in that that top ten would be edge rusher and. I haven't seen anybody that's that I think's a top. 10. I think it's a bad class. Yeah, which that's becoming a common theme. Um, yeah. Well, you I have mean, your top guy, like the past. Yeah, yeah. You'll have your Chase Young or Bosa, the, right? But but as far as like having two or three guys that you can take in the top fifteen and like feel good about, you know, I like Caleb Von Chase on a lot last year, and he's really struggling this year. He was always a guy that was going to take some time to really get going, but. That's kind of like been your consensus, like number two guy has always been like, you got your top dude, and then the next guy's like, yeah, he's going to need two to three years before we really know what he's got. Um, I think the last year we had success with that was Josh Allen, um, who came out of Kentucky, and, and you know him and, the, and, and uh, Nick Bosa came out in the same year, and those guys have both been successful. But, I mean, again, I think I think the the overall theme here is, is – you obviously you can't say this in in November, but like they have to go defense with that first pick. They just have to. I mean, there's no way that. I mean, even like I'm not going to be happy if they take Michael Parsons just because I don't want to draft another linebacker that high. But like, if it comes down to taking Michael Parsons or Sewell, then I'll probably just be like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to be like. It's not going to be like Taco Charlton disappointment. It's more of a position thing than a player thing, but it's like... And that's the thing, like in the top five, you expect to get an outstanding player. In the top ten, you expect to get an right. outstanding player, so... And I think Parsons is a really... I mean, oh, he's unreal. Like, but it's just the position that he plays. Yeah. And again, like... Yeah. And, and, it's like know, the running back for offense. It's just like you can find those guys in the second or third round that 
might not be Micah Parsons, but you can find your Fred Warners in the you know and outside of the top thirty-two picks and be like, oh, he's a stud. Well, a lot of studs in the NFL are in that second round range when it comes right. to the linebackers. Guys yeah. that are a little bit undersized, they don't really fit that total mold. Um, and then they end up developing, developing. And the biggest thing about that is guys that can cover now. Fred Warner's a guy who can cover. Bobby Wagner's a guy who can cover. If it's not one of your elite linebacker types like a Luke Keekley, it, it's it's guys like that who can are, are good coverage linebackers. It's so important today. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, real quick, talking about these corners real quick. I know you've dove into a few of them, uh, a few of the top guys. Um, what have you seen from uh, Sertain, Wade, and um, Farley? And Farley, the top so, three. Yeah, so, I mean, with Patrick Sertain, uh, I think that he's just really a good football player. At the end of the day, like he's very well coached. Um, his hands are really, really nice at the line of scrimmage. He can get a little bit too uh, physical and grabby when uh, you know when you go further along the stem, especially on vertical routes. When he's carrying them, he gets a little bit, you know, not grabby, but he gets punchy and, and touchy. You know, that illegal contact after five yards and something that he's going to have to kind of work out. He gets away with it in college. He won't in the NFL. But he's not that. You know, he's a good athlete, but I don't think he's that outstanding athlete. And that's where Sean Wade really gets. The, the leg up on him uh and then you have caleb farley who is you know kind of your your ball hawking type of cornerback he's long he's physical Size, he's yeah. athletic, athletic he's, you yeah. know for me in my opinion he's that guy that where like if the cowboys uh want to go uh back to a, a more over the top and, and, and even if they want to run their quarter scheme a little bit more over the top when it comes to the the guy that they're playing off the guy who's in that quarters role on the outside you know to the three wide receiver sets usually um, if they want to play him off more and keep him over the top, I think Caleb Farley's a really good pick there. If we're talking about guys that are you know, going to be up and, and press man guys, I think that he can do that as well. From what we've seen from Sean Wade, he struggled in that instance a little bit. Um, just you know, that transition from playing in the slot to going outside. Um, that, that's one thing that with the way the NFL is going, like a lot of your big time receivers are playing outside and in the slot. And I think with Wade, if you can have a player that's comfortable in the slot, but can also bounce outside, like again, you know, the Cowboys have never been a, a team that travels their cornerback, you know, with opposing teams, wide receiver ones. But if you can have a guy that feels comfortable going inside, playing inside the slot, bouncing outside, then you could do that and play, you know, a little bit of more chess with, with some of these guys. And, um, I watched a little bit of Sertain earlier in the week, uh, actually Sunday night and Monday I watched a little bit. He reminds me a little bit of a former Alabama corner, Marlon Humphrey, same way like, you know, like Marlon Humphrey didn't wow you coming out of, out of Alabama, like he good size, but like not this freakish athlete, like, you know, didn't take the ball away a ton, but like. Like you said, like he's just a solid cover guy. He's like he, he's solid physical against the run. So like he does everything at a level where you're like he's not going to just wow you. Like Marlon Humphrey didn't wow me when I watched him in Alabama, but he just like the dude's solid. <laughs> there's there's not you don't have a lot of those big plays like we're seeing with Trayvon Diggs, which is kind of the opposite of that solid guy where he's kind of a ball hawk guy. He's going to take risks. He's going to gamble. He's going to pay off, and then half the time he's going to get beat. And I think it's good to have. You know, good to have some of that to your game, but it's also good to have that just consistency, which is something that obviously Trayvon Diggs has lacked this year in his rookie year. 
I agree. Um, and I think getting a guy, you know, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have Byron Jones on the opposite side of yeah, Trayvon Diggs? Kind of sounds you know, a lot like can, Yeah. Uh, anyways. <laughs> that, that, and, and wouldn't that be nice if that were the case and they still did have Byron Jones and they didn't have to, you know, like we feel like they have to go corner in the first round. They could trade back even further potentially if they don't need to get one of the top guys they could go and and get the top slot guy and take over Anthony Brown's spot you know in the, in as the slot corner um but you know I'm I'm interested to see where this team goes because it looks like you know by the time we get to April there might be not not a, a singular name but we might be able to with these corners be able to to you know whittle it down to those guys are the realistic targets up at the top because we know they're not going to draft safety. We know most likely they're not going to uh, even think about Marvin Wilson that high. You're looking at edge, which, you know, I think fortunately for us, you know, Gregory Rosso is kind of the guy for this class. And, you know, personally, I think that he's a guy who could gain 40 pounds and be a David Irving type on the inside. I don't think that he is, uh, necessarily your modern high twitch uh, sack artist that we're looking, you know, getting more towards in a modern NFL with quarterbacks getting the ball out of their hands quicker. There's a lot more Brian Burns's and Harold Landry's uh, coming out of college, you know, than your, you know, AJ Epinesos, who I was a big <laughs> fan of because he was technical, but like it takes him a while to get to the quarterback because he's a big lumbering dude. You know, it's something that we see with Tank. Tank is a fantastic football player. He's outstanding. He is one of the most technically proficient edge rushers in the NFL. He's just not that super explosive athlete that we want to see the position. And that's why a guy like Jason Owe is a guy that you can target possibly, you know, in the early second round if he doesn't have a great year on tape at Penn State, but goes and blows up the combine, which he's expected to. I mean, we're talking about a 260-pound dude. They're talking about running a 4-3. Penn State's got two guys who uh, have some some good projectability to them. Shaka Tony is yeah. another guy. I think he'll go later in the draft, but he's a guy who, like that, has kind of, you know, your outside rusher type uh both of them have very high pass rush win rates um, at the college level right now, so that'll be interesting to track throughout the year. Yeah, that's all we got time today. We're gonna get back to these uh, these polls, see what the see what the world's doing, because that's a little that's a little important. But uh, yeah, it is. Hopefully, everybody got out and voted today, one way or the other. That's all you can do. Yeah, hopefully that's a, everybody's that's hopefully everybody's listening to this podcast too, because outside of voting. To keep your democracy alive, that that's the second most important thing for you to do is listen to the Talking the Star podcast and subscribe to that Blogging the Boys channel. So make sure you do that. We are Talking the Star. We'll see you guys next time. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. 
Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.